are now tuned in to one of the realists to do it. Welcome to Relevant Conversations. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relevant Conversations. I'm your host, Mike Cornati. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be doing this particular show in words. I, I'm, I'm super excited. As you guys know, I'm a baseball guy. We're a baseball family. I love sports, but baseball truly is like the sport of our household. We do it all year round. It's something that we really enjoy. And I've got a very special interview today with Jared Donaldson, the Savannah Banana Flamethrower, local boy, went to GSW, really uh, was able to accomplish a lot in the sport of baseball. But outside of that, we've got some other news that we definitely want to report on. As you all know, Mar-a-Lago was uh, raided. Uh, we've also got a little story about what the IRS is looking to hire. It seems as though uh, you got to have a particular set of skills in order to work for them. Uh, Dr. Fauci gets a little stupid <laughs> and uh, basically just, you know, self-praise kind of sucks. But he does a lot of self-praise. And, um, you know, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is still kind of upset about these uh, legal migrants showing up in New York. I wonder if he's as upset as the people of Texas. I'm ready. I hope you're ready. Let's go! On Monday, uh, at about 9 a.m., Mara Lago was raided by the FBI with a couple dozen agents, uh, technicians and such. You gotta have the technicians so you can get into all the techie stuff. Um, you know, at first I started thinking to myself, like, I can't believe this tyrannical government that we live in now. Uh, this doesn't sound right. This is crazy. I still stand by that. There's absolutely no reason for this, but that's like a whole other thing. So I guess my next question would have been, who okayed a raid on a former president of the United States? And then like clockwork, this video surfaces. Just listen. The Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was a premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. You personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. What the heck, dude? Continuing. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address
last recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. I am honored to work alongside them. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody's talking particularly like about any one individual in the FBI. The problem is, is that you, Merrick Garland, are running the FBI and you are about as corrupt as they come. The audacity of, of this guy is, is really, it's really quite unbelievable. Um, you know, that happened on Monday. You know, today is, is Sunday. So we've had a whole week to kind of go through... Uh, a lot of the stuff. So there's there's been other details that have surfaced that have surfaced. Uh, apparently, uh, they were after some classified documents. Some of those documents uh, were pertaining uh, to nuclear matters. Hmm. My question to you, Merrick Garland, is you know you said in your little presser that uh, th you guys don't take lightly uh, having to make a decision like raiding a former president's house. Well, if that's the case, then why didn't you just subpoena the documents that you needed? Hmm? How were you actually able to convince a federal judge that it was okay to do this? Do you think maybe it had something to do with the fact that the former uh, that this judge was a, a former Obama donor and that uh, he has like some Jeffrey Epstein connections. I mean, call me crazy, call me crazy, but it's real easy to convince a judge like that. All right, especially, I, I don't even, this doesn't even make any sense. Did, did the judge know that two months ago um, that the FBI had actually already come to Mar-a-Lago? Did, did, did he know that? He or she, whoever it was, whatever. Um, did they know that the FBI looked through documents did they know that the FBI had informed uh, Trump's Secret Service that they needed to add an additional lock to this wall locker that was containing all of these documents? I, I don't. I don't understand. Um, why? Why? Eleven sets. Eleven sets of classified materials were were seized. Th that's a that's a lot of classified materials. Are there really eleven sets of of, of materials that that have to do with with nuclear? codes and nuclear you know things what are you are you being for real right now uh there's even reports that the fbi looked through melania's clothes closet now i don't know uh if that's if that's 100 percent true or not but the fact that they're making reports on it is kind of crazy meanwhile you've got joe jill hunter and god knows who else on a vacation this week hmm it, you know it's almost comical at this point you know uh What's going on? I don't remember there being a raid of, of Hillary's stuff. I don't remember there being a raid of any of Obama's stuff, considering that it's proven now that there were wiretaps that were done under his administration. Uh, there's definitely not any FBI raids going on in Hunter's you know, place. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. But what's funny is, according to Breitbart, all right, uh, Breitbart, I'm sorry, I said that name wrong, but according to Breitbart, uh, the polling after this raid for Donald Trump jumped about 20%. So you you can keep doing these fish hunts, um, uh, but I, I don't think that it's going to do anything to help your cause. Um, my, my guess is that they're probably not going to find anything, again, for like the 30th time that they've done this. Um... I don't know what they're so afraid of with Donald Trump. I, ha I have no idea. 
it, it makes no sense to me. Because the more that I look at what's happening around me, I have to start asking myself a question like, is Biden a better choice than Trump? I don't care if you don't like Trump or not, but it, it, which one is worse at this point? You you can't see what's happening literally all around the United States of America and think to yourself, oh, yeah, we made a real good decision putting Joe Biden in here instead of Donald Trump. All right, I, I'm telling you that this is doing nothing. This is doing nothing to help the Democratic Party. So keep up the good work, guys. We really appreciate it over here on the conservative side. Um, moving forward. It looks to me as though the IRS is looking to hire about 87,000 more people. I think we reported on this last week. Um, they want to hire some criminal investigation investigation agents. One stipulation of the hire was that you needed to be willing to use deadly force. A, a particular set of skills. I don't know if there are a lot of people out there would be willing to do. Uh, over over some taxes. It's good to know that Americans making less than $75,000 are subject to about 710, 863,000 new audits. That's about 60% of additional tax audits that you are going to have to endure. Now, this is obviously after the Joint Economic Committee of Republicans uh, did analysis and concluded uh, these details. They also came out and said that on average, the, it's an increase of about $717 per household per month in America. An increase. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that inflation and all this, but dude, they're going to get this money back. That $717 average per household per month, it equals to be about $8,600 per year that you're going to pay more of in order to make this happen for our government, who's proven time and time again that they are incredible at spending your money. You know, it's funny, I, it's, it's an old adage, but you know, when you're spending your money, right, your own money, you, you tend to be kind of careful about it. When you're spending somebody else's money, you might be a little more, you know, a little, you may, you may, Make it a little dessert or something a little extra, you know, when you're when you're spending it. Right? Somebody else's money, maybe somebody that you know, like maybe you're spending your boss's money. But when you're spending somebody's money that you have no idea who it is, you have no clue whose it is, you have no clue the type of implications that it has on them and their financial structure or anything that they've got going on with their business or as a personal matter, whoever it is as an individual. When you're spending somebody's money that you do not know. You don't give a dang. You will spend every last dime. And I'm going to be honest with you, that is exactly, that is exactly what the government here in the United States of America is doing. I'm not saying that it's taxation without representation because at least we do know where the money is going. Sort of, sort of. I may not like it, but at least we kind of know. But what I am saying is that they suck at spending our money. Something's got to change. Now, during a recent interview between um, disgraced, highly disgraced, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Larry Corey at the Fred Hutchinson Center, Cancer Center campus in uh, Seattle, Washington, where Dr. Fauci was actually there to receive an award. Don't know what the award is. All I know is he doesn't deserve it. But nonetheless, um, you know, Fauci, just listen to the clip. It's coal 
called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as, trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but I mean, it's, it's, I, I, people go to medical school now, people are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't, don't know me, who I am. My friends know me, my wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize in, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and, and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. I suppose that uh, that's him. He he he's consistency. He's truth. He's integrity. He cares about people. All those things. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. The only Fauci effect that I am aware of involves the the rapid descent of the American public's trust in the medical establishment. I'm sorry. That's the only one that I can see. There are more people I know today that do not trust medical professionals than what I've ever known in my entire life. That's the Fauci effect. I love what Senator Tom Cotton of, uh, of Arkansas, he tweeted, Actually, the Fauci effect refers to the funding of gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and then lying to Congress. <laughs> That's what he believes, the Fauci effect. Uh, maybe, maybe the Fauci effect is uh, only walking one way in grocery aisles. Maybe the Fauci effect is wearing masks while you're driving alone. Those, those people really make me laugh. They, they truly, truly do. Maybe the Fauci effect is uh, illegals flooding the border, uh, but we can't get on, you know, airplanes because we haven't had the vaccine. Bunch of bulls. <laughs> but whatever you want to call the Fauci effect, all right, it certainly doesn't stand for the crap that he's over here boasting on this interview about. I I'm sorry, dude, but you're not going to convince anybody that what you stand for is truth, integrity, and the best for the American public, dude. I'm so, I, I I I can't see it. In my opinion, you've you've been very inconsistent. You've been very hypocritical. I can even remember during the 2020 election, all the time leading up to that, you talked about how people needed to, you know, they needed mail-in voting, mail-in voting, mail-in voting. We cannot get out. We can't go to places. COVID's real. And it was real. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. It was very real. But, you know, we, we can't go. It's too dangerous, too dangerous, too dangerous. And I literally remember on voting day that, like, Fauci gets on here and says the voting is so important that even if you have COVID, put a mask on and go and vote. Are you kidding? What? So you, we've been locked up in our house. You, you made people stay home. You kept kids out of schools. You did all these things because this was such a devastating uh, uh, illness, sickness, virus, whatever. But if you have it, just put a mask on and go vote because this is such an important election. Yeah, well, of course it was an important election. We should have never been doing mail-in ballots, but that's a whole other conversation. Sorry, Fauci, but you do not get my vote for honor, integrity, trust, and the love of the American people. Now, moving forward, it's, uh, it's worth reporting that the New York City Mayor Eric Adams is still, he is still blasting Governor Abbott of Texas all right, over more buses arriving from the border. LA, yes, he's, he's actually still requesting federal help. Now, 
Mayor Adams was quoted in a presser as stating that Governor Abbott needed to address the root cause of the border crisis. Now, I could give you my opinion on this whole issue for days, but just very quickly stated, I would say this. Finish the daggone border wall, close the border immediately, and develop a plan. We've got to have some kind of plan moving forward. But finish that daggone wall. Finish the wall. Things are out of control. They're, they are... 100% out of control. The world is looking at us like we are some type of laughing stock. I mean, there are no boards. We are no longer. I don't. It's you could almost make, you can almost make the argument that we're not really like a sovereign country because anybody can come in here from anywhere. All they got to do is walk right through that southern border. Now, what is the root issue? Well, if if you were to ask me. I would say Joseph Biden is probably the root issue here, and God bless Kamala too. I mean, geez, you know, it was only it was only Biden who 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 pretty much instructed her the very first thing that she was to do as the as the vice president of the United States of America was to go down there and get to the root cause of what was causing this migrant issue and fix it, fix it, fix it. <laughs> she she hasn't she hasn't done that, not even a little bit. Uh, it's really sad, you know. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand what is so difficult about this. You know, finish, finish the wall, like I said before, and and let's let's do everything we can to stop the illegal migration of people into this country. They're, we're filling up football state, professional football stadiums worth of people in a month. And then sending them all across the United States of America. And this mayor in New York has the audacity to complain? Or do, do you think that the people in Texas are complaining? I read one report where there was a, a city of 25,000 people. 25,000 people that were in this city in Texas. In one day, they had 18,000 illegal migrants that showed up into their city. You're talking about the total population of one town, city, whatever you want to call it, and then it almost doubles overnight with nothing but illegal migrants? Are you are you kidding me? Are you serious right now? Is there anybody else that doesn't see this as a major, a major problem? This is the United States of America. Now, I'm not saying that we are supposed to turn a blind eye to any Tom, Dick, or Harry that wants to come over here to the United States. I'm not saying that. I don't think that anybody in their right mind is saying that. But man, we gotta have some type of protocol. We gotta have some type of betting system. We gotta have some way to ensure that these people that are coming into this country are going to help this country. Provide for their families and, and, and provide to this country like by paying taxes, by doing those things. We can't continue to just have people come in here without, you know, we can't just continue to have people come into this country unvetted, pay no taxes, continue to get free things given to them, and then expect financially or you know economically for us to be able to to get out of this recession. It it, it's, it makes zero sense, none at all. We got to do better. We've got to put a stop to illegal migration. Illegal keyword there. Illegal. You, we do things to put a stop to other illegal stuff in this country, uh, in a sense. Why are we not doing anything for this? Got to do better. Got to do better. Got to do better. 
All right, as promised, I have a special guest with me today. His name is Jared Donaldson. Listen, I'm going to be honest, I've known this dude for a long time. He He's way bigger now than he was <laughs> whenever I was really investing in his life, doing some youth ministry stuff from back in the day. I think you used to listen to my album, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Absolutely. Dude, see, like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tell my viewers, dude, I'm on iTunes and everything. I am legit. The truth. Absolute. But no, listen, I've got him here. I am super pumped about this actual interview. This dude is a baseball player. He's a stud. He throws fireballs. <laughs> so just in 2022, all right, at Georgia Southwestern, he was the Peach Conference Pitcher of the Year, correct? He was first team all-conference, correct? All right. He was the D2 Southeast Pitcher of the Year, and he was a unanimous first team all Americans. But to make things even crazier, Jared is the starting pitcher for the Savannah Bananas. So, Say hello to my viewers. Yeah, hello. How are y'all doing? Good. Uh, I got to <laughs> talk to the mic. <laughs> it happens, bro. It yeah, happens. Forget. All right, so you're a pitcher for the Savannah Bananas. All right, can you just can you just tell our viewers just a little bit about what the Savannah Bananas is? Yeah, so it's, uh, like I said, located down um, – in savannah and um beautiful place yeah great place great atmosphere um and just a ball team you know looking to make i guess add a different side of baseball that you know fans don't see you know to all viewers not just the you know boring nine-inning game of baseball you know just as entertainment throughout the whole game you know between innings during the game you know you never know what's gonna happen next but uh you know good ball players too you know we back-to-back champions for the Coastal Plains League. So yeah. it's not just, you know, we don't just make TikToks. Ain't no, ain't no scrubs. Play. Ain't yeah. no scrubs, exactly. man. We're ain't legit. just dancers. Yeah. It's so ball it's, players. Uh, some dudes, yeah. So, you know, we just get after it and have fun while well, we well, do What it. kind of things? Like, so I know that they have banana ball, right? Banana ball is like they have different kind of rules. What are some – I know one of the rules is like if the fans catch a foul ball – You're out. You're out. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what side. Yeah. So they're not going to catch any of the balls that you guys hit not foul, but they'll catch all the ones yeah. that the opponents 100%. hit. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, all right. What other kind of things do they do that are kind of crazy yeah, during the game? Yeah, so, you know, be, on the batter side of things, you know, the offensive side of things, you know, the batter steps out of the batter's box. He's automatically, you know, thrown out of the ball game, done for. Done for. You know, can't, get, can't come back. Um, Dang. You know, no walks, you know, pitcher-wise, no walks. You know, if he does, you know, all the guys in the field has got to touch the ball. Before. Does that, that looks good for the ERA, right? No walks. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, you get, got a bunch of Ks, you know, no walks. That's right, yeah, a lot of Ks. Yeah, um, so then pass balls, you know, it could be a 0-0 count. Pitcher throws a pass ball, and then batter can take off to first base. Um, Dang. Yes, yeah, pretty legit. So catcher's got to be on point. Yeah, so we played the first game of the season before, you know, the actual CPL championship season started. You know, we played a banana ball game, and we had no clue what was going on. We had batter stepping out of the batter's box. You know, dude stealing first base on us. Never seen that before, so it was kind of crazy. <laughs> You're like, man, what is going yeah, on, dude? Get back here, yeah. Dude, all right, so that's cool. All right, well, well, we'll go ahead and just dive into some questions. I've prepared some questions for you, so I know that you're ready. All right, let's begin with uh, you telling us your journey from high school ball to pitching for the Savannah Bananas. If, I, if you would have told me seven, you know, seven years ago, my sophomore year of high school, I never thought that this opportunity would happen. But, um, yeah, you know, so, you know, I went to Terrell Academy, small school, and uh, – Southeast Georgia, um, you know, we were played in the GISA AA, so we, uh, competition was all right. I mean, you know, everybody, I, you know, I played basketball, track, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. did it all there. Um, and you were stud all around, right? I mean, I like to think so. You like to think so. <laughs> all right, yes. Yeah, look, self-praise does stink, yeah. but if I say you were a stud, that's cool. It counts, yeah. That yeah. counts. Um, you know, so I started on varsity my freshman year, kind of got thrown into the fire, didn't know what to expect. Um, sophomore year comes around, you know, a bunch of our guys leave. You know, whether it's I'm, you know, sophomore and junior year were kind of the same circumstance. You know, if I wasn't on shortstop, I was pitching, you know, vice versa. Right. And, um, our number two guy. 
So, and then, you know, senior year, I kind of took the role. It was pretty neat, too, you know, having my little brother playing second base while I was playing short. Man, so it was pretty isn't sick. That, that's fun. Yeah, so, and then – um, Y'all had – I mean, definitely had some chemistry. Oh, uh, the chemistry was crazy. Crazy. Gold plays were wild. Oh, yeah, but, like, uh, yeah. scoop behind the back. Exactly. I like it. He knew I like it was it. coming. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, going to the end of my season season, you know, I, I had a few junior college offers, you know, a couple offers along the way, but nothing really serious. And then, um, you know, had the All-Star game after the season ended. Uh, Georgia Southwestern, you know, talked to the coaches after the ball game, and, you know, that's where I ended up committing. Um, so that was, you know, a whirlwind right there, you know, not right. knowing if I was going to play any more baseball after high school, and then it all kind of fell into place. And, right. You know, the talk's always, you know, you got to go D1, got to go D1. And yeah. shoot, I loved it where I was at, you know, and, you know, stayed there for five years. Now, sizable difference, like, in just physically from high school. You graduated high school Yeah, size. I was 140, 140, 145, yeah, maybe. Height? You remember? I was the same height, about same 6'2". Same height, but yeah. 100. So 6'2", so, 140. Soaking, soaking wet. wet. Yeah, yeah. Soaking wet, bro. You was a yeah. twig. And, and looking at you now. Dude, I just fell in love with the weight room, ate everything in sight. My mom probably hates me because I spend so much money on groceries. Racking up them groceries. Dude, it's insane. My yes. brother especially, too. But how much How much do you weigh now? I'm about 205. 205, yeah. dude. So a what, healthy 60, 60 pounds. 70 pounds. Yeah, I crazy. like it. All right. Well, so the bananas, they do things a little different. We've talked about that a little bit at the beginning, especially with the banana ball. What was it like transitioning to that kind of baseball from more, you know, the collegiate yeah. structure that they have for you? So I'll be honest with you, opening night, I got on the mound and I had to step off because I had no clue what was going on. I thought I was about to have a heart attack on the mound. My <laughs> blood pressure was probably 200. Right. But I uh, step off the mound. But, um, yeah, the atmosphere is insane. You know, we averaged, you know, anywhere from 42 to 4,500 a night, whereas <sighs> in college, you know, I had 600. 600. I'd maybe, if we were lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was incredible. Um, but then, you know, just going to the side of things where it's like, all right, you got to flip the switch from going from entertainment to ball, flip the switch back to – you know, whatever it might be, it's like right. juggling between the two and not, not just going out there and playing baseball like, you know, growing up doing, um, but going out there and entertaining the fans, giving back to them. That's know. what I like. Yeah, it was crazy. That's what I like. Love Dude, it. I'm telling you, like, it was the most family-friendly thing that I've done. Now, they have some really good beer there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right? They do. The, the Slippery Banana is not a beer. It's a, it's a liquor drink, so it's a little stronger. But, dude, I'm telling you, all, everything there was just incredible. It was all – I mean, obviously, it was all banana stuff, but that's cool. Yeah, I it like seems bananas. a crowd Who favorite. doesn't like bananas? Yeah, bananas Potassium helps Gotta you in the it. weight room. I mean, you're 205 now, thanks to some bananas. All right, well, well, tell me this. What was the wildest thing that you saw as a Savannah banana? But then – and then what's the wildest thing that you actually had to do? Let's see. So the wildest thing I saw, we had, you know, we have when we play the, the make and bacon, there's always a weigh-in every night, and you never know, like, who's going to do it, who's on the script to do it, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, each night it's been a different player, whoever it might be. Um, and then one day we have, you know, nothing's on the list, and it just says, you know, like, it would be a surprise, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, you know, we're chilling in the locker room, and this guy walks in, and uh, he's got about five or six bodyguards that could – I don't even want to think about it. Carry us all out of the building, but uh, Jorge yeah. Masvidal walks in behind Jorge him. Jorge Masvidal, yeah, UFC yeah. champ. Yeah, comes in there. You know, everybody's like, "Who's that?" And like, a couple of us knew who he was. And I'm yeah. like, this, "This is the goat, right?" Oh, here. I wish somebody would have tried him. Wouldn't that have been crazy? Yeah. Like, hey, sorry, we're one short tonight. He broke his arm. Yeah, he uh, will not be joining us. <laughs> he would not. Yeah, but uh, no, nah, I came in there and like, you know, just started talking to us. And you know, later that night, so the opposing coach coached with. Our head coaches, you know, coaching junior college together. and uh, Right. So he actually did the weigh-in. Big fan of Masvidal, you know. Um, just wanted to be a part of it. Didn't know who he'd be coming up with, you know, big UFC guy. 
So, you know, he comes out ready to go and then, you know, does his way in, has his hoodie on, throws it off, whatever. And then uh, we have, we're around Masvidal. He has no clue. And then Masvidal just steps out and he's like, looks at everybody and like, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Masvidal goes and does our way in. Bro, that is so dope. Yeah, that it was so sick. Dope. So what about like, did you have to do any? I know you guys wore kilts. Yeah. I saw you sprint off the field. Yeah. I, I mean, like, did you have to, did you ever, no, you don't, you don't hit, so no. you didn't have to wear stilts. Yeah. Anything that was, like that. That was the plus. That would be crazy, bro. I, I can't don't know even, how to do that. I don't either. That's a big strike zone. That's a huge strike zone. <laughs> I guess it would be nice for you. Now, do you guys ever go and play people that do similar things or not? So there's there's teams I feel like that try. You know, we go – I feel like the best crowd and the best, you know, other team that tries to put on a show is making um, – yeah. you know, they have a good – they draw a good crowd as well. You know, plus Bacon be, and bananas. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Bananas. Everybody loves combo. bananas. Bacon. Yeah. And who doesn't like yeah. that? You don't like bacon? I mean, sometimes. It just depends. See, this dude get, don't, went and got healthy on yeah. us, bro. Like, you were eating bacon back You got to have that potassium, though, because you're not know, be cramping if not. You're right. Look, I'm not saying I like bacon more than bananas, but I kind of do. But no, bananas are good. Yeah. <laughs> so but, uh, they, so nah. they, they do a lot to help. So they do a lot. But craziest thing I probably did was, uh, let's see, running out of center field after I you know went six scoreless was kind of wild. Yeah. We just also had dead sprint. Yeah. So, and then. <laughs> There was also this episode that went on all year. Um, there were six of us on the team that did Dancing with the Bananas. You did that? So, yeah. So, we had – there were six professional dancers, and they paired us with each dancer. Beautiful. I bet they were beautiful, too, one day. They were pretty It's beautiful. okay. It's okay. Yeah, they it's okay. They're professional dancers. Yeah, it was I mean, wild. Yeah. So, you know, they paired us paired us up with them, and each week, you know, we would compete, you know, dancing with a professional dancer, you know, choreographed. Just so. like on the show. So, that might have been the craziest thing I think Dude, I was a part of. It was you, awesome. You still got some moves? I think I got a few. I got I got my son in here. We we need to show some might people. Well. No. Might, that, hey, later on, later on. <laughs> Maybe later on. All right, we'll save that for later. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the atmosphere at Grayson Stadium is electric, dude. It's, I mean, it's like I said, it's unbelievable. In between every pitch, like, I'm singing songs that I've been singing as a kid, yeah. songs I sang as a dog. Like, it's just everything from top to bottom. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young. They're getting everybody involved. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Had has to be tough for the opposing players. So I I really like things like bat flips and 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 jawing back and forth. I love that aspect of the game. 100%. Does does that stuff kind of does it does it trickle in because you guys are because it is such an electric atmosphere with your opponents and and what is your opinion on that kind of like the bat flips? Yeah. You know, people don't like it, but what do you think? So I think it does trickle in. You know, we went to the All Star game midway through, and all the guys were like, you know, they all kind of like frowned upon us you know because you know we have the whole fun aspect side yeah. of things of baseball you know we kind of got that swagger about us i like it there. yeah that's a good sick. word swagger yeah, yeah. swagger but, nah, i feel like it adds you know on top of all the things you know we put on each night i think it adds on top of you know the the fun of baseball i love it you know I drawing back, it's just that competitive nature that right. we all have um right and I, I think there's an extent you know you know you push the extent is you know there's a certain time where you need know, to peel it back a little well, bit. Well, there's baseball etiquette. Yeah, 100%. and that's the thing. Like, I don't really believe that bat flip is is bad etiquette. I believe it's passionate. Yeah. It now, adds if to you the game. bat flip and you look at him and you you know you you flip him off, I mean, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's like we're not shooting double barrel middle fingers at yeah, people. Exactly. Like, we, we're just excited. Especially, I, you know, you got the guys that, you know, you bat flip and you look at your own dugout, pine your chest a couple yeah, times, let them know what's, what's up. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they be cooking at second base exactly. when they doubles. Like, what's wrong with it? And, you know, you come off the mound being a pitcher and just you just fire your dugout up. Dude, that's insane. And that's, that's that passion. As a pitcher, you strike. So I, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, my son, he, he, he may, he gets it modestly. But, you know, we like to jaw a little bit. Yeah, we we like it. 
dude had a great game in high school and 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 they're jawing back and forth the dugouts are and i'm not kidding to you when i say like they get the final out the dude pitches it's a pop fly to our center field he's pointing at it he's pointing at it, making sure that you know our guy gets it and as soon as he catches it he looks at the, the other dugout and, and does a bow yeah. And I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, I can't. What is this dude doing? Yeah. But then I'm thinking like, no, this is the game yeah. needs more. You got to let them know too. That team knows when they come and face us again, we're bringing our best. Hundred percent. And they need to bring their best too. That's how it was this past weekend in the championship. You know, I went the seventh scoreless inning and I struck out the guy on a fastball, threw it as hard as I could, and came off the mound. You know, Pumped that, up. that firing, you got to oh. you, you got to let them know what's up. You know you what I'm saying? You got to let them know. Yeah. You got to let them know. So. All right, well, well, I had it was a privilege, bro. I got to watch the championship. You talked a little bit about it. You, seven scoreless yeah. innings that you pitched bro it was it was a great great outing helped your team I, I saw you hoisting that trophy and and I know that throughout your baseball journey there's a lot of people that doubted you uh-huh. um, I, I know that you probably heard it I'm sure that you probably dealt with different things what was it like hoisting that trophy and what do you really want to say to young ball players who are just dealing, you know, with that hater mentality from people? You know, people in their ear telling them, you know, you, you can't do it. Why are you yeah. even trying? Why are you doing this? There's, you got to find another route. What do you want to say to those guys too? So I feel like, you know, going through high school, I was always, you know, so small, and I was always told, you know, you're at a private school, you're not going to make it, you know, Heard it, yeah. blah blah whatever. And I feel like that's just that's that driving factor that I love. You know, everybody does that mentality. You get, you know, you got to be better the next day. And, um, you know, then, you know, the fact that I went Division Two, it's not like, all right, it's a Power 5 school. It's not Vanderbilt. It's not Georgia. It's not Ole Miss. So they hating on you. Yeah, it's like, you know, this kid's at a D2. Like, bro, I don't care what yeah. D1, 2, 3, 4. I don't care. You play college ball, yeah. you're a ball player. And then going somewhere like the CPO, where, you know, it's all Division One, you know, Power 5 schools, big talent. And you go up there and, you know, like I said, throw seven scores in championship and then you throw that trophy Let's up. It's like, go. dude, what's up? Like, you let everybody know. It's, and that's the thing, coming from small towns like Albany, Georgia, and then, you know, just putting on and, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, where you go to school at, you know, how good you were at this age. It just matters, you know, just keep driving each day, be better. Keep then, working. Yeah. So, like I said, just, you know, for younger guys, just go in there every day wanting to be better than you were the day before and just, you know, keep working your butt off until you get there. And they're going to get there, bro. 100%. Live and yeah. proof. Live and proof. Yeah, it's that drive. All right. Well, well, what kind of impact do you think that the game of baseball, you know, I mean, you're grown now, you're a grown man. Do, how do you what do you think it's done for you um you know it, in in ways has it shaped you yeah. do you believe that it's shaped you do you believe that it's kind of helped mold you into the person you are baseball itself yeah so I can assure you I wouldn't be where I am today without it you know the life lessons you learn you know it's how to become a man you know I've got lifelong friendships I've got you know I've got guys that'll be in my wedding from ball for real you know I probably got over half way over half my you know best friends are from ball so yeah i know she builds those it's like a brother it's like a brotherhood yeah Yeah, man builds those relationships you know you never thought you could get through a sport and uh it's a it's a great thing man and 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 like i mean you know i know your dad was always real involved with your baseball Mm -hmm. stuff i'm one of those dads that's real involved with baseball stuff i mean do you do you have a different perspective now that you are you know a man coming up through with baseball and like everything that he did to kind of help i mean how do you look at baseball altogether yeah it's just you know i thank my dad every day for pushing me, you know, I, there was days where I was just like, shoot, I can tell you before I even started playing ball, my mom drugged me to uh, baseball signups because I wanted to play soccer my whole life, didn't want to do baseball, I was in the back You've seat. You've been a good soccer player, bro. Yeah, well, I was beat. But a better <laughs> baseball player. <laughs> but no, I was in the back seat trying to bust the window out because I didn't want to go. Yeah. But, um, you know, just them pushing me my whole life, you know, I, I see where they came from, you know, knew I had the, the opportunity and, you know, the the blessing to be able to play baseball like I still, you know, still playing today. Man, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it's great. You know, I, you know I've, I've told my son, like, 
there's two different kinds of dads I can be. I can be the dad that pushes you, and and, and you might get upset about yeah. it. You know, you might you might be a little upset with me in this season. Or it can be the dad. It's just like, hey, whatever you want to do, you don't want to work out. Cool. It's all up to you, man. Just yeah. you know, which dad do you want me to be? Because I, I love you and I want to have a relationship uh-huh. with you. But what are you trying to achieve with baseball? You well, know? And to seeing now, like at the age I'm at, you know that he was doing it for the best reason. Like it wasn't like he was trying to hate on you. It wasn't like he just wanted, you know, for you to be in a bad mood, whatever it is. Right. You know, he, Wanted he knows. He better. sees some. We see yeah. so many. Y'all. And like, see how good see, you can be. Absolutely. And want to see you achieve it. All right. Well, well. In saying that, if you could go back and and tell the little league Jared Donaldson one thing, what would it be? And then and then you know let's let's go into high school Jared yeah. Donaldson. What would you tell those two guys? I'd tell the little league me. You know, just to keep pushing. You know, you know. Back then, I just wanted to do what was cool. You know, and I <laughs> yeah. thought, all right, well, baseball is cool. I'm gonna keep doing it. But now, if I could go back and tell me, you know, I'd just be. Go out there and give your best every day. You know, never know where you might end up. Um, and you know, being where I'm at today, it's just kind of insane. Right. Just seeing the uh, the journey I've taken throughout the whole process, and um, you know, just tell me to just keep going. Yeah, high school, you would probably be more like, hey, don't listen to what everybody's saying. Yeah, like, or I, get in the weight room and uh, eat some food. <laughs> get in the weight room, eat some food, because like it ain't the weight's not going to come by its own. Yeah, you, you got to do something. And I wish I would have started earlier. You know, eating, lifting. You know. Seeing it's crazy now, like seeing guys these days, you know, even Hudson's age, you know, grinding the way they are, how the size They're he huge, is. Dude, bro. It's, I don't understand. Like, and looking it's that back, chicken, bro, it's the chicken. Yeah, the steroids steroids and chicken. chicken. Yeah, <laughs> and seeing you know where I was at this age, and it's just like, shoot, I see eight eighth graders that are 13, 14 years old, bigger, the ball. I mean, bigger than I am now, and slinging like, the rock, dude. Yeah, like why didn't I start that age? It's but, crazy. So if I could look back and tell my high school me, it'd be you know, be room. better now, yeah, Get and not just room. wait and hope it comes. All right, well, can you think, is there one person maybe throughout your baseball career that's, like, really had a significant impact on you on and off the field? Yeah, so I'll, back to it, you know, my dad for sure, you know, pushing me from. Good answer, I like that. Pushing me from day one to be the best I can be, and then, you know, know, being there every chance he can get, you know, I can't tell you a game he's missed, you know, him and my mom, both my mom as well, you know, traveling to wherever it might be traveling around the world to see me play baseball you know have that support and that um you know that just that drive right there is like all right i gotta do it for them um so you know that's a big added plus i mean i can tell you days my dad would just like leave work and had a bad day want to go home and do nothing and i'd be like hey dad let's go hit the ball let's go throw the ball and he's there he's there and you know my mom's the same way you know rough day at work you know want to go home do some yard work you know work in the house right. and go to sleep even and they're like all right well we're gonna go out here make you better and i can't thank them enough for that man that's incredible dude good answer i, I love i love stuff like that dude all right well in saying that your yeah. dad's got, what advice do you have for for dads to have young ball players today what, uh, what advice would you give them just be there for them you know be there every chance you can get push them to be the best they can be and i feel like like i said just being there in general just you know they see you and it's like all right well let me let me keep going. Let me be better than I was. Right. And I think that's just a driving force to me. You know, seeing my dad just, you know, be on the mound, look up in the stands, and my dad's there. Or, you know, be at practice, and my dad's still st- standing on the fence after three hours of practice. He wants to go home. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Just, I guess just being there and just keep pushing them to be the best they can be. That's good, man. That's 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 sound advice. It's hard sometimes. I ain't going now. Pitcher, you know, my son's a pitcher. You're you're a pitcher. Y'all be stressing us out, man. Oh, do, you, do, do you like? <laughs> let's just get real, <laughs> real quick. Going. All right, so. When when dad says just throw strikes, what is that? How does that make you feel? I just want to tell him to go get in the car and head home. <laughs> <be honest with you. laughs> 
Nah. <laughs> like, I'm trying that. I know. Like, and I hear it all the time. Like, just throw strikes. Just hit the glove. Though. Like, what do you think we're trying? You think we're to trying do? to walk the what guy? You th- like, you think I'm not trying to throw yeah, strikes? Yeah, come on now. I know it's tough. I know, but like, we feel like that's. A, I, I try to like. I'm an encourager. I'm like, hey man, you can do it, man. Just forget about the. It's tough. It's and like, tough. and two on top of that, you know, I, I have the worst outing. You know, my dad always wants to pick out something positive, and I just want to be like, dad. We get it. Like I had the worst outing of my life. Like drop it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do, do, do you did you like did you like the conversation after games? Oh, hundred percent. You know, it's, well, especially you know when it was a good ball game. But then love know, that conversation. Yeah, but then you know whenever he was like you know constructive criticism. You know, let me know like hey, like you did this. This was obviously what was wrong. You know, and that next day at practice, you know, that's what I'm working on. Absolutely. To be better of what I was not good at the day before. You know what I'm saying? So that's cool. Just kind of taking it what with a grain of salt, you know, whether it's good or bad and just kind of perfecting that craft and just you got to. get better. It's yeah. work. It's just look, working on the little things exactly. over and over and over 100%. again until it's perfect. Exactly. That's it, man. All right. Well, what's the future of baseball look like for Jared Donaldson moving forward? Yeah. So I've got, you know, a few professional opportunities, you know, it's just kind of deciding what's my best fit. You know, I just need to keep praying about it and, you know, see what, you know, falls into place. Cause I know it's important. You, know, you gotta, you gotta yeah, pray about this. hundred percent, you know, and especially, it. you know, through, I guess the end, I guess through this whole past season, you know, never knowing when it ever be my last ball game that I play. So, you know, just, like I said, praying about it, hoping, you know, or not just hoping, just praying about it, hoping things will just fall into its, you know, where it's supposed to be. And I know God's got a plan. So, he does. like I said, you know, these professional opportunities, whether they work out or not, you know, I've built all these relationships. Yeah. You know, I've become a better person from baseball. So, um, do you think ba- baseball is going to be a part of your life? Yeah, probably, ba- probably forever. Yeah, baseball is definitely going to stay it's in, in my, your blood now. Uh, yeah, bro. like you just got you, to. you can't it's get my rid DNA. Of it. It's in your yeah, DNA. Yeah, so I bro. feel like you know, future of baseball. You know, I'll still be playing for a few more years, and you yeah. know, go from there and hoping, hoping for the best. Just, just hoping things line up. That's it. You know, and getting to that level, I mean, it, it, you got the skill, you you got the talent. You know, I know you're you're even like high velo is like you're right there. You can yeah. do it. But you just got sometimes you just got to have some things fall in line, and that's what God does yeah, when you pray about that stuff. So, man, we're just we're gonna be praying with you, man, for open doors and like for things like that to just take off. Because I'm telling you, bro, I was I was wildly impressed. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of baseball, but bro, you were in the zone. What's your favorite? What's your favorite pitch? What's, what's that go to? That what's that money pitch you got? Well, I can't I can't lie to you. You know, blowing that fastball past that last dude as hard as I could throw, I love it. But also throw, that feels good. That's that, a chest. Yeah, yeah that's throwing chest that ball. splitter and making dudes look crazy. Like, yeah, it's. Nothing like it. Nothing, Nothing like, like it. it. And then, bro, I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, we're excited for you. So, shout. Do you have any shout outs? You want to give a shout out or uh, social media? Where can people find you if, if if you want them to find you? Yeah, wherever it is. You know, Instagram Jared underscore Donaldson. Um, and also shout out. Uh, you know, Player Performance Project Jonathan Martin. You know, get me better every day. Um, been training up there with that guy for a while now, and he's uh he's got it going on. And um, so check him out. Man, that's cool, bro. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I know that my viewers are really excited. I know you probably got some people that are excited. Savannah Banana Pitcher, I watched the dude go crazy. He went bananas that's it. in Savannah <laughs> for them bananas, bro. It was crazy. I, thank you so much for yeah, doing man, this, man. Of course, I appreciate it. Thank awesome, you for dude. Me. Awesome. And that's our show for this week. I, I hope that you enjoyed it. I, I know that I did. It was a really special show. Uh, being able to interview Jared, uh, was was just so fun man he's a great kid comes from a great family has a great pedigree over there and um you know he's he's just a special ball player and we love we love baseball with this family i want to thank you guys for listening thank you guys for being a part of this i really enjoyed this week but you know we're looking forward to a lot of the guests that we have coming up um i'm excited and i, I hope that you are as well continue to you know to like the stuff that i put out there continue to share tell your people about 
uh, relevant conversations. I, I want you to be involved in what we're doing here. I'm just believing, having some big, big faith that God's going to do something big with the with this podcast. And so I'm going to keep on trudging along. I'm going to keep on doing this thing every week. And I, I hope that you continue to listen. Even if you don't, though, one thing that is very important that you need to know, God bless somebody.